Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are, we are down to eight drivers in the NASCAR playoffs. Who will hoist the championship trophy at the end of the season? The ALCS and NLCS are shaping up to be exciting series. Who will be the final two teams to advance to the World Series? Went to bed 2-4, and four, woke up 6-0. and oh. Details of the Zach Ertz trade. Coach O out at LSU. What happens next for the LSU football program? The Dogs continue to dominate. The Fire Brigade recaps last week's games and gives you their predictions for week eight, week's eight biggest games. With that, I give you our chief of our Fire Brigade, Rob Cowell. Thanks, Colton. Good to be back in the studio. I had to take a couple weeks off there, and uh, but it's great to be back here on Wednesday night or Tuesday night. I'm sorry, can you keep my day straight? <laughs> so, uh, like Colton said, we're going to uh, we're going to start off with some NASCAR news. Um, we are down to eight drivers and three races left um, this weekend. They'll be in Kansas, um, and then uh, Martinsville, Virginia, the week after that, and they'll be down to four then after that Martinsville race. So. Matt, give me your thoughts on how this uh, playoff series, this playoff run, is shaping up for NASCAR. Yeah, it's shaping up to look look pretty good. I mean, uh, you got three different uh, car types uh, present here. So you got Chevy leading the way with Kyle, Kyle Larson. You got Ryan Blaney in second, driving the Ford. Denny Hamlin on the Toyota in third. Uh, Kyle Busch also driving the Toyota in fourth. Chase Elliott with the Chevy in fifth. Brad Keselowski uh, driving a Ford in sixth. Truex Jr. on Toyota in seventh and Logano in a Ford and eight. So uh, really there's no like dominant car type. Like it was looking like it was going to be earlier in the year mm-hmm. where basically Larson was winning everything and nobody else had a shot. It was right. all Chevy right. all, all the time. Right. So it's, it's getting exciting here. Um, uh, let's see. Larson won the first of the, the group of eight races. So he's mm-hmm. already punched his ticket to that final four. We have, right. like you said, two, uh, two other races to go. Um, let's see. We got, uh, uh, Martinsville where Kyle Bush had previously won at Martinsville. So he's, he's got a good shot here to maybe punch his ticket when they get into Mar- Martinsville yep. and then Kansas motor speedway. Uh, that was previously won. Let's see by Kyle. Or yeah, that was by Kyle Bush. It was uh, actually, um, Truex jr. Who had won at Martinsville, Martinsville previously. So those, two, those two both have a, a good shot if they can, you right, know, relive that glory to get to get in that final four, and that's going to be that number four spot that's going to be up for grabs. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting once we do get into that final four, all this points nonsense that's led up to this point mean nothing. Mm-hmm. It's whoever in that final four finishes the best in that final race, that's your champion. That'll be exciting, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, and you brought up the the three uh, manufacturers that all have guys in the top eight. The only thing that concerns me a little bit. Of those top eight, it's only three teams. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got Penske with three cars yep. in there. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, you got Gibbs with three cars, Gibbs Racing with three cars in there, and Hendrick with two. So to me, I don't know, that kind of takes away a little bit from right. the, I don't know, the mystique of it a little bit. I think, you know, it's going to be one of those three teams that wins the title. So, yeah, I mean, that's clearly where all, all the money is in NASCAR. You know, the, these smaller teams rarely really have a shot when it comes right. down to the big. Well, I mean, it, it helps. I mean, when you have three cars or when you have, right. you know, multiple drivers, you got sure. you know, you got that teammates just, that can work with each other right. and help each other get around that the track. Just, you know, ups your chances of bringing home, you know, a championship when you have multiple drivers. You know, a lot of times, mm-hmm. like Matt said, with kind of these smaller teams, they usually have maybe one, maybe two drivers at most. And, right. and you know, your, your chances are not very good then um so 
but yeah, it's, it'll be interesting, um, you know, to, to see how this, how this plays out going forward. Um, you know, like you mentioned with uh, Martin Truex, you know, winning previously at Martinsville, mm-hmm. that'll be good. That'll be good for him because he's currently sitting, you know, seventh. So, you know, if the playoffs were to end today, he would technically be, you know, be out of the out. And yeah. uh, so he, he could really make some noise, yep. you know, just by getting up an elusive win there. Getting at, a win. At, at, at win and you're in. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, that, the four drivers that were eliminated previously, you know, going from 12 to eight um, was actually Kevin Harvick out, mm-hmm. Christopher Bell, uh, William Byron and then Alex Bowman, all all four drivers that that were eliminated that that um, you know took it down from twelve to to eight. Um, mm-hmm. And you, and know. Th- you know the, the weather actually being eliminated, it, it's kind of falling in line with the point standings throughout the year. Like, like yeah. those are the guys toward the bottom anyway. So right. it's it is actually working out nicely as far as who's advancing each round and how that's all working. Yeah, it's just I don't know how much I like the the, the championship race mm-hmm. where you know a guy like Kyle Larson who. Clearly, he's been the most dominant he's, yeah, guy in NASCAR. We said he it's been his be championship to right. lose all year. I agree with you, Matt. And it come down to one race. But, I mean, I think that'll make it ex- an exciting race. You know, yeah. It, that, it makes it, I guess, some, the, the last it, race. It makes it more something. like all other sports. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. in football, you have the Super Bowl. Baseball, right. you have the World Series. So, mm-hmm. it, it does make it more like other sports. But I don't think NASCAR needed to be more like other sports. Mm-hmm. It's a different animal. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of on your own. I mean – so how do how do you win the how do you win golf? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's your cumulative the FedEx Championship. It's it's your cumulative throughout the year. You right, know, your points. And, you know, throughout and, and the whole so entire year. Yeah, these, these sports that are a, a single person, a yeah. single contributor, not not a team that we're right. all that. I, I think it sh- it should be more a cumulative effort because mm-hmm. this season for Larson's been magical, and it, it could. You know, one one false move or somebody somebody around him. Somebody else him. makes a false yeah. move. Yeah. It's, it's not even out. his fault. Yeah, and it, it, it could potentially be somebody done. that's not even in the playoff right. hunt. You yeah. know, that, right. that takes him out because, uh, yeah, I mean, all the drivers still race even if right. you're not in the playoff and, hunt. And you, yeah, that's still, another point. You right. still run. You but, still race. So I mean, it's, yeah. So if you get stuck in the middle of the pack and get caught up in a you know <laughs> caught up in a wreck and it takes you out or right. you know even damages your to the your car to the point where it's not competitive anymore you know you're you're so so maybe maybe instead of you know in the championship you have just one race you know go you know win or go home kind of thing maybe maybe you add maybe two races maybe go one one extra race or something in that in average that or group finish or, or something. yeah something like right. that to maybe you know help your help yourself out instead of you know yeah coming down to just one race and right. that's that's it kind of deal like no matter mm. what you've done the whole entire season you know it comes down to this this one race right. kind of deal um so yeah it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out um yeah like i said they're they're racing this this weekend at, at kansas and then you know next week is the martinsville which will be the elimination race in that group of eight and, so, and that final race is uh november 7th out in phoenix so, okay yeah, yeah yeah so that'll be I, I think i'll watch that race i mean i think that'll make i think that'll make it interesting but right. i do kind of agree with you matt that you know your whole season that you fought for like for for larson he's been dominant all season comes down to you know can i not can i yeah. just do enough just to win you know yeah. or, or just somebody stay at- somebody rubs him and he cuts a tire and yeah. he, you know so yeah. yeah it's it's not it's not a sport like football and basketball where you can have it happen that way it's, right right it's yeah. a different animal and i think it should be treated a little differently yeah absolutely right. very good well that was uh trying to catch up on nascar that's the thing i wanted to touch on really before we start there is so much going on in sports right, right now right. It, it's hard it's hard for us to you know to narrow this down to an hour and pick our topics because you got 
you know, obviously the baseball finals, um, which the playoffs, which we're going to talk about next. And, you know, the NBA getting ready to start in uh, NHL already NHL just underway this past week. And let's go Jack, you know, and, (laughs) and, and, uh, you know, the NFL, we're already almost midway through the NFL season. College footballs. I mean, all four four, over almost three quarters. I think after this week, they'll start doing the play, the, teams that are in the playoffs right after yeah. week eight mm-hmm. so yeah i mean there's just and, so and college much... basketball is right around the corner right i mean it's 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 a plethora it's a busy of, time. of sports right yeah. now best so. time of year for, yeah, for yeah. Sports, man. so with with that in mind if you know if you're listening and uh or listen to the recorded version later on and you want to hit us up you know about a specific topic that maybe you don't feel like we're hitting because there's just so much going on. You know, we, we'd love to have your feedback on that. Yeah, so, absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to some uh, major league baseball talk. We got the right now sitting in the, in the, in the studio, we got the Atlanta Dodgers game on right now, which uh, Dodgers are up five to two. And Braves, up, Braves Braves five five five. Or, I'm sorry. The Braves are up five to two um, and they're up two Oh in the series. And you know, they're back in LA. Um, uh, Give me your thoughts, Colton. Uh, who do you think is going to win this National League series? Yeah, I think, um, you know, at this point, you know, it, it, it's looking good for the Braves. But, uh, you know, they, they, they have those kind of thoughts in the back of their, you know, back of their minds. You know, I was talking to the guys before we got the show started that this was exactly how the NLCS played out last year for the Braves. They, they went up 2-0 in the series, um, and, and I believe were even leading game three. And then, you know, let it, all slip, you know, let it all slip away. The Dodgers won the next the next four straight and, and, you know, went on to not only go to the advance the world series, but then, you know, win the world series. So, you know, the Braves obviously had that bad taste in their mouth and, you know, good for them to, to kind of get back, you know, Matt and I, you know, touched on it last week at the, the Braves, a lot, a lot of teams were writing this team off early on in the season because they just had so many devastating injuries yeah. early on, but they really did a, a heck of a job at, at the trade deadline made enough, you know, trades enough pieces to, 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 to make it work and, and, and stave off, you know, the Phillies there in their own division and, and are making some noise here now in, in the playoffs. Um, definitely going to be an interesting series, but yeah, I like, I like the Braves to, to get to get to the world series. I think that, you know, they've done just enough. They, they really have limited. I think for me, the big key has been uh, the amount that the Braves pitchers have limited the offensive opportunities for the Dodgers because mm-hmm. We know the offensive firepower that the Dodgers have. And oh, there's just, some big hitters. In I that think lineup. that that was going to have to be the story here is that the Braves were going to have to limit, you know, the Dodgers' opportunities to, to score because I don't think that the Braves match up offensively, obviously, with the, with the Dodgers. So they've done a nice job. That was a major, you know, major key coming into the series. And they've done a, a nice job through, you know, two, two and a half games here, you know, mm-hmm. so far in the series of limiting the opportunities that the, the, the Dodgers have had to, to really get on the board with the, with the scoring. So right. hopefully, hopefully they can keep that up, you know, sure. keep that momentum going and, and get, you know, get back to the world series and have a, have a chance to win their first world series in a, a long, long, a long time. time. Yeah. But you know, those, those first two games that the Braves won, they were both one run games that they won there in the ninth inning. So yeah. it's not like the Dodgers aren't in these games. So anything can still happen in this series. The Dodgers have a, whole lot more horsepower than these Braves right, do. Right. That, that's why you always so, got to keep, yeah. you know, keep you gotta, it in the back of your wheel mind. Going. Yeah. Yep. You can't, you can't let off the gas. Because and, and like we were talking do. before, if, if, if the Braves somehow managed to lose this game tonight, they're going to have a lot of, a lot of reminders from right. last year creeping sure. back into those yeah. heads and that could spell doom for this team. So, yeah. right. you know, they got to, they got to keep their foot to the pedal and, 
and, and make this game three happen tonight. Because if they go up 3-0, I think it's theirs. But yeah, right, if, if right. somehow they manage to lose this game tonight, it's anybody's series. Right, right. I agree. You know, we're, you were talking about the firepower of the, of the Dodgers. They got In their lineup tonight, they got five guys that hit over 20 home runs this year. Yeah. But I flipped that over and look, looked at Atlanta's starting lineup. They got four guys in the lineup to hit over 30. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I mean they, got, they got the bats, too, to, yeah. to, to play with this team. So, we'll just see how this goes. They're up 5-2 right now, top of the six. So, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of pulling for the Braves a little bit. I'm not a big Dodgers fan, but we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. Matt, you want to get us started on the ALCS, uh, the Boston and the Astros? Yeah, so surprisingly right now, the probably the hottest team in baseball at this moment <laughs> is the Red Sox. They're yeah. leading this series 2-1. They've outscored the Astros 25-13. to 13. Their bats have just been red hot during these playoffs, and they don't look to be slowing down. Mm -hmm. But I will say, uh, the they, they do play again tonight. The Astros have pitching uh, Zach Grinke on the mound. So oh. if anybody can slow those bats down, Zach Grinke is the kind of guy who can do that. And uh, if, if the Astros can get this tonight, this this like uh, the, the series that we're watching right now, the Braves and Dodgers, it's it's still up in the air. It's still going to be anybody's series. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Matt, Matt, you and I touched on it last week. You know, we said that going into this series, the the Red Sox were going to have to get those bats going to, you know, really have a have a chance. And, you know, they've, they've done just that, hitting three grand slams in, in two, three, in two, two in and one, one game. game. I yeah. mean, and then, you know, one again last night. I mean, they – they they look un, un, unstoppable when it comes to the the offensive firepower. But even even on that other you know flip side, they've also you know limited the opportunities that, that the Astros have had. You know they they came in as one of the hottest teams in baseball as far as an offensive you know standpoint goes. Mm -hmm. You know leading the league in runs scored. Um, you know towards the top in hits, batting average, all the all the offensive categories. But the, the pitching for for the Red Sox has really really stepped up and and you know limited those opportunities as well. Um, you know I think. I think the Astros get it done tonight. I think we go two two, and then, like you said, Matt, I think it's anybody's anybody's series from mm -hmm. there. Um, you know, I think this. I think this series this has the potential to go go All game seven, seven game yeah. seven games. Here. Yeah, they're they're pretty evenly, Matt. You know, like Matt said, you got Grinky on the mound tonight. Who you know he's eleven and six in the regular season, but he um, actually pitched better on the road. He was mm -hmm. six and two on the road. So yeah, right. yeah, I don't know if that that plays into it all. And then you know Nick Pavetta for. Pitching for Boston, he was nine and eight, um, and four and two at home. So he was better at home. So you're kind of taking them out of their element where they where they pitched the best um, through the regular season. But I, you know, I don't know if that really matters when you get this far along. Uh, you know, these teams have seen each other a few times throughout the season. So yeah, like like we said, that game's later on at uh, first pitch at eight oh eight tonight. So we'll see. I, I agree. I think uh, I think the Astros even this up tonight, and then. Then we'll see, and I, I also think this has potential to go to go to Game Seven. So, with that being said, who who do you think wins it? Yeah, I think uh, you know if I if I'm coming down to you know Game Game Seven, which will be in in Houston. I mean, if you want to take you know home field advantage into some some consideration, um, I, I like Houston to to get it done on their on their home field. You know, like I said, I, I the Red Sox pitchers have done a nice job, but I don't know. You can only do it for so long. That that sleeping giant of, of the Astros, I think, is is going to come awake. They're, the bats are going to get going. They're they're going to get their opportunities. I, I just don't think it, it's amazing that the Red Sox, yeah, have hit three grand slam. I, I don't see that continuing right. to happen. You know, and, and you take you take those grand slams out of the game, and, and and you got a series here. You got the Astros that are right right there. You know, competing in every game. So 
I just don't see see those opportunities happening much more for the Red Sox. I, I think the offense will start to get going for the Astros. Yeah, you know, you say that, though. You take those three grand slams out, and it's 13 to 13 and runs scored for both these teams. So, right, it, right. it's I mean, Boston's still right there. And I just think with as hot as they've been, te- teams in September, they, they don't slow down. You know, they just keep getting better and better. I, I think Boston's bats are going to keep going. Yeah. I, I think they're going to do the Cardinals. The Cardinals fell apart once we got to the – I mean, they were yeah. – how many games in a row and then you yeah. know, got to the playoffs and, and cooled off. So I don't know. I, I I'd like to see, I'd like to see, I guess the Boston pull this out and see a Boston Braves versus the Braves. I'll tell you what series. the major league baseball is looking for. They want to see Boston versus the Dodgers. Cause that's going to be raiding through the roof. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Cause of the fan base. Two, two of the bigger markets right. of baseball. No yeah. No definitely. Doubt. Two no. big baseball cities. No right. doubt. Right. All right. Anything else on the major leagues then? I don't think so. Well, let's do a little bit of individual stuff. We're going to dive into some NFL stuff in the big trade this week. Like Colton said, Zach Ertz went from the basement to the penthouse um, uh, from the Eagles to the Cardinals. Uh, give Give me your thoughts on that trade. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just, just a little bit of detail. So, uh, yeah, the Eagles, they get uh, cornerback Tay Gowen and a 2020, 2022 fifth-round pick from, mm-hmm. from the Cardinals. And then, obviously, the Cardinals receive tight end Zach Ertz. So, I think it's a, a win. I mean, win for Zach Ertz and a win for the Cardinals. I think, you know, the, the Eagles, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think at this point they – Zach Ertz wasn't very happy in Philadelphia. I think it was the handwriting was kind of on the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, They even let him kind of seek a trade in the offseason. Well, they Um, had drafted another tight end as mm -hmm, well that mm -hmm. he was splitting time with. Right. So So it it seemed like the Eagles were were, were ready to move on from Zach Ertz. Um, They just weren't – they were willing – they wanted to get at least something out of him and not let him walk for free. Um, But – I think if you're the Cardinals, yeah, you're sitting at six and zero, the only undefeated team left in the NFL, and that offense already has a ton of weapons. And now you add, you know, a big tight end and Zach Ertz and Kyler Murray sitting there, you know, rubbing his hands together, like he's licking his yeah, chops. Here we yeah. go, you know, he's having a MVP type season, and now he adds another, you know, not just a weapon in the offense, just a big red zone target too. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, if, if you're the Cardinals, you know, you just you just got you got better. I mean, uh, they they lost their they're, they're tied into a you know season-ending injury that the Cardinals did in, in Max Williams. So they 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 essentially get you know a, a decent you know tight end to fill in um, and and didn't have to give up you know the entire team to, to get him. Right. Um, so I think it's a win for Zach Ertz, a win for the Cardinals. Yeah, it's the Eagles who I think really lost here. I mean they they got a a twenty a twenty twenty one six round draft pick of Tay Gowen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a guy who has, hasn't seen the field, hasn't yeah. played, hasn't done anything in the NFL. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I mean, he could essentially just be a throwaway guy. You may right. have nothing there. Right. And then they get a fifth-round draft pick next year. Those fifth rounds aren't, aren't you know, big-time hitters. You know, right. you, you might get lucky, you might not. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, a guy like Zach Ertz, who's a three-time Pro Bowler, he's a Super Bowl champion, mm-hmm. he's second in all-time receptions for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy can play some football, and, right. and that's the best they could get out of him. That's, yeah. that's a little yeah. disappointing. Yeah, and, and I think at the same time, you know, he was he was kind of upset because he was trying to get a contract extension with the Eagles, but the Eagles just, you yeah. know, couldn't get – we couldn't agree on terms because it sounded like to me Ertz wanted to be on kind of the same level as – Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, who are, right. you know, the premier tight ends. And mm-hmm. Zach Ertz is probably somewhere in the mix right there. 
um, with, with those guys. But when they said the Eagles also couldn't pay both these tight ends and Dallas Goddard's no joke himself. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a heck of a tight oh, end yeah, in this league. Right. So, I mean, the Philadelphia is not losing a lot at that position I guess, because yeah. they are splitting reps and, and Goddard can produce. He, mm-hmm. He's a pro bowl caliber player. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think they're losing a lot there, but I just, I think they could have got more out of it. Yeah, I think it was here. a bargain for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah really absolutely. Do. Um, especially like Colton said, you know, you lose your tight end. So, and to be able to go out, um, and get a guy uh, the caliber of Zach Ertz, I think, was pretty fortunate for them. You know, he's he is 31 years old, uh, um, coming off a 2020 season where he missed five games due to a due to a high ankle sprain. But uh, you know, in two in 2019, he had 88 catches, and 2018, he had 116. So yeah, yeah. This guy can produce six five, two fifty. He's a, he is a big target, like Colton said. So and, and pretty sure handed yeah, guy. You yeah, know, you throw it, you throw it his way. Mm-hmm. He's usually you know right. going to come down. And with he's big it. enough. He can block. He can you know he yeah. can he can chip that defensive end. He can you know do whatever. So I, yeah, I think. I think it's awesome for the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I, I will, you know, question, you know, or, or say going forward, you know, in the Cardinals offense, they do target their tight ends, the third lowest amount in the NFL. However, on the on the flip side, before Max Williams, you know, went down with the season-ending injury, he was actually on pace to uh, reach career highs in catches, yards, and touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So even though they don't target their tight ends a lot, they, they still – got them plenty of, of touches, right. you know, in a, in a sense to, to get, you know, some, some statistics, but now I think you're getting a, a major upgrade with, with Zach Ertz at, at the tight end. And, you know, it's just going to be interesting how they, how they work him into the offense. Like I said, with already so many weapons there on the, on the offensive side of the ball, but dad, dad touched on it too. He's not only good in the passing game, but he's, he's a good run blocker too. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, the Cardinals are going to, you know, need that because, their offense, not only in the passing game, but the running game, they rank in the top five in, in offense, you know, yeah. passing and rushing. I think rushing, Patrick so. Mahomes has got – or, I mean, uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's got to be happy with that. Yeah, trade. absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. It, 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 make you, it makes you wonder, since Ertz is so happy with the trade as well, you know, they, they did part amicably. Mm-hmm. Did, did they work with him on this? Did yeah. they just say, you know, where do you want to go and we'll send you there? Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's how this went because he, do, he did still say he wants to retire Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. someday. Mm-hmm. So – I mean, maybe they, maybe that's why they got next to nothing here because they sent him where he wanted to go. Right. And that, that could be great things for, for their franchise down the road that, you know, they're going to treat their guys right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting you bring that up, Matt, because like I, like I said, they, you know, in the off season, they kind of said, you know, they, the handwriting was kind of on the wall when the contract extension couldn't get done. They basically told Ertz, you know, if you want to go somewhere else, you know, put your name out there, see what you can, right. you know, what teams are interested in stuff like that. And, from what you know, from what I was reading and, and kind of understanding that there were teams interested, but the Eagles just didn't want to pull the trigger because they didn't feel that they were getting the value back for mm-hmm. him. But I don't now it's they, now I still it's a, don't think now it's a head scratcher yeah. because now you you didn't get any anyways either. So it's yeah. It's, but, it's, but at this point, do they just knowing he's going to be a free agent next year? Right. They don't want him to go out a loser right. in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Yeah, could they be. Just take whatever. Yeah, could 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 be. Yeah, I mean, you, I think you'd be better off. Yeah, just getting something rather than right. you know let him walk walk away kind of thing so very good yeah I, I hope you know good things for zach out there yeah um well now we're gonna we're gonna stay with football we're gonna move on to uh the college ranks and before we get into our our games that we had last week and this week we want to talk a little bit about lsu making decision that uh, coach ogeron would not be returning to the team after the season they're gonna let him finish out the season this year um you know, what's your guys' feelings on Coach O? I 
don't understand it. I, I don't I don't get it. I mean, the guy goes forty nine and seventeen, two years removed from winning the national championship. Right. I, I mean, what more could you ask for if you're LSU? You I gotta mean, remember though, he was five and five last year and this year's trending on the down slope as well. And it was kind of odd timing. It comes off of a win against a ranked team. Uh, Florida, uh, he was one of their, you know, bitter yeah, rivals. Right. Uh, but yeah. they had lost the week before in a game that they had no business losing. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I think it's been in the works for a while because the, the, you know, before he won the championship in LSU, it was talks about are we going to keep Ed Orgeron around? Was mm-hmm. he really the guy? And then they won the championship, and you know, everybody was high on him. Right. But from what I'm hearing, that the, the coaches in LSU weren't aren't real happy with him at this point. The players aren't real happy with him. It seems like nobody wants him in LSU anymore. So I, I think they had to do what they had to do. And, and, and you know, look, looking at this guy's all-time career, he's 65 and 44 as a head coach. I mean, that's not much over 500. At a school like LSU where you expect to win a championship or at least contend for an SEC championship every year, if, if you can't produce more than 500 results – you, you got to move yeah, on, but, he, I, I, but he's been forty nine and seventeen at LSU. So yeah, we, but I, that, but you got to factor in that one year of undefeated ball. If right. you if you don't factor that year in, his the rest of his record isn't that great. So one great year with a with a, with a with a career guy like Joey Burrow that you're not gonna ever probably see come around again. It, you know, you had the stars all aligned that year. Everything was perfect. That right. was a perfect team for him. And they also they, – what did they lose? Like two or three coaches that year, too. One mm. went to the NFL. One took yeah. another head coaching job. Yeah. And the guys he signed, he, he didn't make good signings. They, they actually even said he didn't even interview the defensive coordinator he hired. He just mm. hired him. Mm-hmm. So um, decisions like that just leave a lot to – a lot of questions about Orgeron. I, I think it was the right choice. It's just going to be interesting to see who they get in. Well, that was, that was going to be my next question. Where's LSU go from here? Yeah, I just I for me the big the big question mark is yeah if Ogeron's not the guy, who out there right now is any better than that? I mean, you got you got nobody, nobody else that has recently won a national championship that that is is, is worth you know Dabo is maybe potentially the only one that that comes to LSU that, mm-hmm. that has has a chance. I mean, you're, you're running through an SEC that literally is owned by Nick Saban and, and, and Ed Ogeron, you know, in, in a way it kind of had, had Saban's number there in the, in the SEC be, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, he didn't always win against Alabama, but he was always close against mm-hmm. those games, you know, against mm-hmm. Alabama. So for me, I, I look at it, okay, you're moving on from Ed Ogeron, no problem, but Who's who's next? That's any. Right. It's going to be because you need to better. hire somebody that can beat Nick Saban. Right. That's, right. That's and who is that? Who is that going to be? Because guy? there's not too many guys that out there that have been able to say yeah. they can beat Nick Saban <laughs> on a consistent basis. Yeah. Nobody. Well, yeah. So I, I think you got to go to who could beat everybody else in the SEC. I don't think you worry about Nick Saban at this point, just for the fact of nobody. Nobody can do it. There's yeah. there's nobody in the country that can say they could constantly beat Nick Saban. So you, I don't think I think that's the least of your worries. You worry about beating everybody else and having a chance against Nick Saban to maybe win a title. So I, I, I don't think you're worried about Nick Saban. I think you're worried about who can beat the rest of the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that potentially. Good point. Good but point. I, I think All right. at My the next same time. Question, where's it? it? Coach O go from here. Yeah, I think, uh, he's you know. He's 60 years old. Yeah. So, you know, he's still got some years. Right, uh, right. As a head coach. So, you know, what are we thinking? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just kind of reading some of the comments and things like that that he made during his kind of press conference, it sounds like, you know, after this year, you know, he's going to take kind of a, a year off, kind of weigh, weigh his options, you know, spend spend some time with family and, and, and things like that. I think uh, 
you know, so the, the question comes to mind, does he go back to, does he go back to USC? That's, you know, where he came, you know, came from prior to coming to LSU and had, you know, a lot, some, I would say similar success at, at USC before, you know, USC said, uh, you know, to heck with you, yeah. uh, you know, kind of thing. And, and, you know, it worked out, you know, decently for, for LSU in that, in that sense. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, if he truly sticks to his word that he's taking year off, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen then next year, what jobs are going to become, you know, become available uh, again, um, you know, next year. But if, if he was going to, you know, I, I like him to maybe go back, go back to, to USC. Um, you know, he has the potential there, you know, USC playing in the, in the PAC 12 where the competition's not, not as tough as, as the SEC. You don't right. have to, you know, go through the gauntlet, you know, every week. Um, it seems like, like you do in the SEC. So he has the potential there, you know, if he can get, you know, the style of recruits or, you know, things like that there out in USC to, to potentially mm -hmm. do some some good things out in USC. The, the question will be, would would USC really bring him back kind right. of thing, you know. Um, it, it, it seemed like, you know, yeah, he I, did his term out there and they, you know, were, you know, done and, and that was, you know, kind of a mutually parting of ways there, so – I don't know. I, I think, yeah, he'll he'll take the year off and then, you know, see what else, you know, becomes available after. Right. And if that. he takes a year off, then USC is definitely off the table because right, right. they're they're hiring their guy <laughs> right, now. Right, so, right. I mean, that, that is going to be well, interesting. What job might be available in two years? Right. So what do you think about, I mean, the decision? Normally you don't see a team say he's gone, but it's going to be at the end of the season. Usually when a team – And they even says, say he's going to coach the bowl game if yeah, they make a bowl right, game. Right. So, so what do you make of that? Are they just hedging their bets and – and I guess everybody knows that they're going to be looking for a coach. So they're going to be, you know, whatever uh, guys become available, you know, they can reach out to them say, you know, you know, we have an opening here at LSU or, I mean, what, what's, what do you think the mindset is there? I personally think it's more that they want a big name who's coaching somewhere right now and isn't necessarily on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. they, they want to, you know, a guy like Jimbo Fisher who Texas A&M, isn't looking to get rid of. So, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to scoop that in the middle of the season. So we're going to, we're going to let Ordron play this out and then we can work something out in the off season with one of these bigger name guys who are established. Somewhere. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I read that he's like the second highest paid coach? Like oh, Ogeron was $9 yeah. million a year. Yeah. yeah he's right getting in. a $17 million payout to, to walk away. Not, not too, not too shabby. I'd take a there. walk for 17 million. <laughs> right. I think, uh, um, I think, yeah, at the same time, I think this, this kind of amicable, you know, kind of parting of ways at the end of that, I think is also maybe trying to save a little bit of face on the recruiting front, mm -hmm. uh, more or less. It just like, not like a sudden shock, like, oh, we're getting rid of this guy. So like the recruits that, you know, Orgeron kind of recruited this year, it gives them an opportunity to say, yeah, we're moving on from this guy, but you know, we're, we're out there trying to get, you know, one of the top guys right. to come in. So don't, you know, don't be don't scared to come here. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to have a quality you know, coach. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. We're, uh, you know, we're 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 progressing. You know, we didn't want to make like a sudden change and then you know lose all of your recruits or you know your recruits be kind of in the dark. Like, oh man, we didn't really see this coming type right. deal. And, and then you start losing recruits and then you bring in a top guy, but you, it's too late then at the end of the season for them mm -hmm. to really make a push in recruiting right. to to get you know some top level guys because. Yeah, most of the top-level guys have already kind of made their decision of where they want to go. Not that it doesn't happen a lot that they flip-flop constantly, right. um, but you know, I think it, it was one of those things to try to kind of save face on the on the recruiting trail. Well, that said, so, one that of their top sense. recruits has actually already decommitted and, and opened himself back up after that news. Right, right. right. Not surprising. Right. It, yeah, and there'll probably be more. I Absolutely. Think. Yeah. All right.
Well, let's move on to some college football stuff. Let's go back over our um, – I'm more than happy to go back over our picks from last week. Uh, the Chief went 5-0 uh, and o two weeks in a row, baby. So, um, last week, you know, we, we uh, had some – had some interesting games and managed to managed to pull it out. Mm-hmm. Some last minute picks. I took Michigan State over Indiana, mm-hmm. which I think we all did. But that was yeah. actually a closer game. Than, yeah, a lot closer than, than any of us thought it was going to be. I think. Yeah, yeah I think uh, closer than even Michigan State wanted it to be. I yeah. think uh, you know Michigan State coming out on top, twenty to fifteen against you know an unranked Indiana team who just looks absolutely dysfunctional at this point. And, yeah, and I mean. That that could have been a potential win, like Indiana's almost like Super Bowl of the of the year kind yeah. of thing, and, and they their signature win. Right? Yeah. I, I think Michigan State did show some of their problems of that. They're kind of like Iowa, where their offense just <laughs> isn't that great. Mm-hmm. A lot of these Big Ten teams this year have really really good defenses mm-hmm. and offenses that leave Our a lot to be marks. desired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of come kind of come and go. Yeah. You know, not not consistent. You know, consistent play out of the out of the offense. But yeah, Michigan State had just enough offense to, to get it done and even threw in a pick six there to, to help them out. Yeah, now. Their defense forced three turnovers, had three sacks. That that really led the way to, to yeah. get this victory. And, uh, you know, Indiana was playing with a backup backup quarterback. Uh, Jack Tuttle goes in there for Michael Penix, who's struggled throughout the year, hasn't been super healthy throughout the year. He goes in there and they force him to throw 52 times. I mean, <laughs> how many times do you put a backup in there and you throw it 52 right. times? I mean, right. that's unheard of even in college football in general for a, a guy to go out there and throw it 52. Especially in a Big Ten game. And, right? and 52 <laughs> yeah. times, you know, and then, yeah, you throw him, you know, out there against, you know, Michigan State, you know, throw him to the Wolves and you throw it for 52 times. But he didn't – wasn't very wasn't very efficient. Uh, no no touchdowns, a couple of, couple of interceptions, um, less than 50% completion. Just, yeah, didn't – didn't get enough of the offense. Did you know? Just couldn't get it. Could it go in against the the, the Michigan State defense? So right. Michigan State stays undefeated and, and moves on. You know, survive in advance there in the Big Ten. So right. the next game, I think we all picked this one too. Was Georgia over Kentucky? I, I went the other way. Did you really? Yeah, I mean, it was two ranked teams, I guess. Well, I just my, my thought on this going into this was Texas showed well, a we lot. We got of Kentucky, Kentucky, Georgia. We're on Kentucky, Georgia. No, I, right I was looking at my uh, stats. Yeah. Okay, yeah. my bad. Yeah. Yep. No, I got this one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, well, and I'm kind of going out of order. I get, we can skip to that Texas game, uh, Oklahoma State versus Texas. Um, mm. I picked OSU. Got this right. Um, I don't know. It was it was touch and go there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was once again another second half collapse for the for the Longhorns well, two yeah. weeks in a row. Yeah. My, my thought was last week their offense was so good against right. you know Oklahoma that I, I thought that offense was just going to kick on all cylinders and, and, and through about two here. and a half quarters that looked like it was it was the real right. deal. It looked like Texas you know had had something to prove after falling short to Oklahoma the week before. Uh, you know it looked like they were yeah kind of kind of mad um, and, and ready to go but then it, it crept up on them again. You know they just I don't I don't know what it is I mean I I think in the second half you know they they have a stud running back in Bijan Robinson mm-hmm. who you know looks like a potential Heisman you know winner uh, candidate um, and I think in the second half sometimes they kind of fade away from using him in the second half like mm-hmm. he gets you you know the points or gets you to a good you know a good um, you know kind of lead and then you get cute. yeah and then you get you know kind of cute with it in the second half like no, just keep that's feeding when you your should be guy. pounding yeah, the ball. Just keep yeah. feeding your guy, and, and it, it it seems like yeah, they they tend to fade away from them after they get you know kind of an early lead. But 
yeah, definitely a tale of kind of two halves there. Mm, um, you know, definitely different two different times. You know, Texas was up seventeen to three, then they were up twenty four to thirteen. I mean, you thought they had the game kind of kind of in hand, and, and they uh, hats off to Oklahoma State. They never, you know, never really gave yeah. up. They were always it never really looked like they panicked either. Right, you know, right. They just kept playing their game and. Mm-hmm. And grinding it out, and uh, yeah, yeah it was, well, you uh, know, against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, it's the turnovers that are killing Texas too. They had yeah. what three or four against Oklahoma. They had another two against Oklahoma State. Yeah, and it, it seems like it comes, at, it comes at crucial yeah. times yep. too. Um, you know, take when, care of the ball right when they need, you know, need to make something happen. They 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 unfortunately turn the ball over. So yeah, and then uh, we had uh, North Carolina State versus Boston College, um, and this actually wound up being a blowout. <laughs> Yeah, that one really, really surprised me on this one. I had Boston College on this one. I, I thought their defense was really playing well this year, mm-hmm. and they just came in and looked like they didn't even belong in this game, losing 33-7. to NC State racked up 381 yards, didn't have any turnovers, only gave up one sack, and they played a perfect game on that yeah. side of the offensive ball there and yeah Boston College had nothing for him yeah I think the difference was uh the, the it really it was a tie it was like a tie ball game at halftime it was I think I think North Carolina State was up maybe 10 to 7 they kicked like a late field goal at right before halftime mm-hmm. so they were up yeah. 10 10 7 going into halftime so it was like it, it was shaping up to be a really good right. game and then boom the third quarter hit and and uh, North Carolina State broke it open with three touchdowns in the third quarter. Boston College two of those, didn't come out of the didn't come out of the locker room. Yeah, and two of those touchdowns were actually off of Boston College turnovers. So yeah. you know they they turned the ball over a couple of times in the second half, and it leads to two you know two touchdowns for North Carolina State, and that was kind of kind of the difference maker because right after that you know Boston College just kind of looked defeated. They mm-hmm. never really kind of recovered from that, and and you know was yeah out of, out of the game the you know the rest of the way through. So. <clears throat> And then the last one was uh, Arizona State versus Utah. Um, Utah wound up winning this game, uh, thirty-five to twenty-one. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned this earlier in the week when, or earlier in the season when Arizona was another one. Arizona State was another one of our picks. Herm Edwards just doesn't seem like he gets his team ready to play big games. Yeah. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, and it was it was a tale of two halves too. Um, you know, Arizona State in the first half, yeah, look unstoppable and their offense came out firing on all cylinders their defense was was limiting utah and then the second half happened and and utah uh just went off i mean they scored on four straight drives after halftime um and never looked back looked back from there um and it was just one of those things that yeah arizona state's defense couldn't couldn't get a stop and and utah's offense couldn't be stopped um so for the tune of 455 yards 247 passing 208 rushing i mean that's that's a heck of an offensive day yeah and then arizona state also you know 13 penalties for 115 yards so you know you're not gonna you're not gonna win too many ball games having that many that many penalty yards too Mm -hmm. so shooting yourself in in the foot there So after seven weeks, I'm sitting at on top twenty seven and eight after seven weeks of yeah. college football. So we'll uh we'll see what happens this coming week. We got uh five more games we're gonna pick for you and you know I'll tell you what, if you go five and zero oh this week, I'll be really impressed. We got a tough slate this <laughs> oh, week. I'll tell you what, there's an interesting slate, I'll interesting say that. Interesting slate, yeah. <laughs> well let's start off with that Wake Forest uh Army game. Yeah, yeah. So Number sixteen, Wake Forest comes into this game six and zero versus an Army team that's four and two. That's going to be a noon p.m. Eastern time kickoff over on uh, CBS Sports Network. And um, Wake Forest actually favored by by three points going into this into this one. Um, you know, for me, I, I like the upset here. I think Army Army gets it done. 
Wake Forest coming in, almost giving up almost 175 yards on the ground. Mm. We all know what those, you know, military teams like to do with the triple option and all the reverses and, you know, just uh, it's tough to get, you know, get ready for that type when you don't see it. I mean, it's tough to tough to see Army also undefeated at home this year. Uh, you know, I like I like Army to get the upset. Army right. Black Knights take take the win. Yeah, I'm going not so fast, my friend. <laughs> I'm going with Wake Forest on this one, but it's a slight edge here. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest is averaging 39 points a game, 442 yards of total offense per game. Army is averaging 31 a game, but only 368 in total offense. I think Wake Forest, neither, neither defense is really stopping anybody. They're both giving up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think Wake Forest is going to be able to do enough on offense to pull out a close one. Okay. Um, yeah, I got uh... – you know, that, that Sam Hartman from Wake Forest, he's thrown 14 TDs against only three interceptions this year. Um, what? And I, maybe I look at this, but I, both defenses are giving up like 21 points a game. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we said, like Matt said, 39 points at Wake Forest is scoring, 32 for Army. So, on paper, you know, they're, they're pretty close, mm-hmm. pretty close mm-hmm. matchups. So, but I'm going to go with Wake Forest on this one. Right. I give that give that Sam Hartman the, the credit he's due there, and I'm going to take Wake Forest over Army. All right. <clears throat> Next game we got on the slate. Uh, uh, we'll stay on the East Coast for now. Clemson versus Pittsburgh. You got Clemson coming in at four and two. Pittsburgh coming in at five and one, ranked 23rd in the country, mm-hmm. and they're a three point favorite. Yeah, yeah, but that game's going to be. Uh... 3.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff over on ESPN. Um, so, like Dad said, Pittsburgh favored by by three points. Um, for me, uh, Pitt comes in. They have one of the best offenses in the country, averaging almost 50 points a game. Um, and I think that's a lot to do with their quarterback play in, in uh, you know, Kenny, Penny Pickett with 21 touchdowns and only one interception. I mean, that's pretty good ratio there, and, and it sets yourself up for a lot of success. And but at the same time, I got to give credit to to that Pittsburgh defense as well. They're only giving up a hundred rushing yards per game, and for me, it's just uh, Clemson's offense looks lost. I mean, they 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 don't know what what's going, and they're they're averaging 180 passing yards per game and only 142 rushing yards. So I think if if Pittsburgh can limit that rushing, you know, limit the rushing opportunities and really make kind of Clemson one dimensional. I really like Pittsburgh to, to take this one and, and get the win and, and stay, you know, up on top there in the ACC. Yeah, yeah if I'm right with you on this one, I got Pittsburgh as well to, to go with their 50 points a game. They're 531 yards per game of offense. Yeah. I mean, that offense is just rolling up and down the field. Mm-hmm. Clemson's, like you said, they've been stagnant on offense all season long. Right. And they're just not going to be able better. to keep up. Like, they just haven't – like, they haven't had one game here recently that would say, like, right. oh, they figured it out. Like, they've just, like, continuously – I would say even gotten worse. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's been it's been bad. <clears throat> Not so fast, my friend. Okay, <laughs> this is my upset special. I'm taking Clemson. I think they write the ship right. this week. Um, you know, they have had some tough games where they they haven't looked great, but uh, I th- I think they get it done against Pittsburgh. I got Clemson in the upset. All right, all right. <clears throat> okay, um, we got some. Most of these other games are out west, so these are games that you know we don't get an opportunity to see a lot because they play so late. Um, first one is uh, number 10, Oregon, um, you know, over uh, playing UCLA uh, five and two against, you know, a five and one Oregon team. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, five and one Oregon team against the five and two UCLA team. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, they got UCLA favored by two and a half. I, I don't. I don't know if I like that. I, 
I'm not sure. I, I think I'm taking. I think I'm taking Oregon in this. Taking the Ducks, quack quack. Well, yeah. I am saying not so fast, my friend. Uh, you know, like Dad said, this is number ten Oregon coming in against UCLA. That's actually we're going to get to see a game that's not at midnight. Um, it's it's going to be a three thirty p.m. Uh, kickoff over on uh, ABC. So you'll actually get to see these two Western, you know, West teams, you know, duke it out. And that's actually where College Game Day is headed as well. So. Oh. Uh, that's yeah, college game day's game of the week. Um, but I think for me is the difference. Um, you know, the difference is going to come down to the the run game. Um, UCLA's run defense only giving up about 91 yards per game. You know, on the rush, where you know Oregon's run defense has given up almost 140. Um, and both these teams like to run the ball, mm-hmm. but. Oregon took a hit on their running game. They lost C.J. Burdell, who had a really good game against Ohio State, and it's been a pretty consistent running back for them and, and, and is out for the rest of the season. So I think they, they took a hit to their running game. Um, UCLA's got a couple of dynamic backs there in, in the backfield. I like UCLA to, to, to pull off the upset. Right. Yeah, I'm with Colton. These two teams are mirror, mirror images of each other on offense. They're averaging 34 points a game each, 426 yards per game each. So, I mean, neither of them are really giving up anything on offense. Um, Oregon's defense has looked slightly better this year, but you have to remember that's mostly due to their week two game against Stony Brook. I mean, that, that's really the difference in what their defenses have done this this year. So, really, their defenses are, are about the same. So, to me, this is a coin flip game, and I – I'm giving the edge because Chip Kelly, the factor of him wanting to beat his old team. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to play a lot into these UCLA guys' minds. They want to get this win for, for, for coach. And mm-hmm. it, with it being this close, I, I'm, I'm taking UCLA to get the win. All right. All right. Well, All right. Uh, next one is uh, number 22, San Diego State, 6-0. and Going into Air Force, that's 6-1. and uh, Vegas has got Air Force by 3.5. And, and I'm staying with Vegas on this. I, I like Air Force to win this game. Um, I, I think San Diego State will struggle against that, against that triple option offense, and uh, I, I, I got Air Force to take this game. Yeah, I think I got uh, I got the opposite. I got I got San Diego State in this one, and, and it's because of of their run defense. They're they're the best in the country, only giving up 61 rushing yards per game. Where you know on the flip side, Air Force has the best rushing attack in the in the in the country at 336 rushing yards per game. So it's going to come down to you know. Who can get the stops? You know, can can San Diego State get the get the stops? And and I think, you know, they've been pretty pretty disciplined throughout the year. They played some some quality opponents. Um, you know, even beat Utah. You know, who we're talking about. You know, in our picks. You know, last week and being mm-hmm. one of the up and coming teams. Right. I think uh, San Diego State has been a little bit more battle tested. Uh, I think that defense gets just enough stops and they they get a win here. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going with your dad on this one. Air Force. Their offense has been humming this season, averaging 415 yards per game. Their defense has been coming on as of late as well. Their first game, they gave up 49 points, but since then, they've given up 14 points a game. I think it's going to be a tight one, but I think Air Force edges it out in the end. All right, very good. And the last one, 5-1 uh, and one Nevada, Nevada against uh, Fresno State coming in at 5-2. and two. Um, They're giving Fresno State three points, uh, or giving Nevada three points. Fresno State's favored by three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going, I'm going with – I'm going with Nevada in this game. All right. Yeah, I think I'm on the opposite again. I got uh, I got Fresno State. I think they uh, – So are we disagreeing on every game, you and I? Colton? I think uh, pretty much. Pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think uh, Fresno – Fresno State, I think uh, they got a they got a big signature win against UCLA, who we you know we're talking about you know in this week being being a top team. They got a got a big win, and I believe UCLA was ranked 13th or, or 10th or 13th or something at the time when they when they upset them. 
I think that these two teams are very evenly matched. If you look at the statistics, they mm-hmm. score about the same amount of points. They give up about the same amount of yards. They average about the same amount of yardage. I think that 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 for me, I think the difference maker is going to be in the quarterback play. Um, I think Fresno State has the, has the better quarterback in in this matchup. They're going to do just enough on offense to get you know enough to to get it done there. Yeah, I'm with Colton on this one. I agree with Fresno State. Uh, reasoning is a little different. Uh, I think it comes down to who can run the ball a little better. Fresno State's averaging 129 yards per game to Nevada, only averaging 85. So I, I think Fresno State's ability to grind it out is going to do enough to get them the win. All right, very good. Absolutely. Well, that's our five games for this week. Um, re- before we go, we, there was one uh, thing we wanted to touch on to get a little NBA news in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out of Philadelphia, what is going on with Ben Simmons? <laughs> yeah, more more drama, more drama, and more drama. I mean, it's – yeah, they, like like Dad said, the latest news there is, uh, you know, Philadelphia welcomed him back, I guess, with open arms, if you will, and and uh, you know, it, it kind of bit him in the butt because uh, in in practice today um, was uh, was asked to you know come into a you know defensive drill and you know kind of refused to to, to come in and uh, now is uh, suspended for the first you know the first game the opener that's uh, tomorrow night, um, so. I don't know, guys. What what do you what do you think of this, or you know, what's your reaction to it? You, Go ahead. You man. know, you say they welcomed him back with open arms, but not really. They were going to start finding him for every day he wasn't there. So that, that, to me, that's not a welcome back with open arms. He he didn't want to be there. They knew he didn't want to be there. They should have traded the guy in the offseason when they had the chance. This is t- going to turn into nothing but a circus until he's gone. They need to make a move. They need to they need to move on. Yeah, I don't know how they expected this to turn out any different. Mm. The guy doesn't want to be there. Um, the only reason he is there, is so he's not losing a paycheck, um, you know, and, and it sounds like the rest of the team, you know, listen to some comments from Joel Embiid that, you know, he doesn't even consider him a teammate at this point. Uh, it's not, it's not his job to babysit somebody. So I don't think the two of them are going to be playing, you know, you can expect the two to have any chemistry. Um, I, you know, we, and we said this before, and I guess the, the, people that are writing the checks in Philadelphia didn't listen to the podcast from, <laughs> from Delaware, Ohio, but Ben Simmons is done in Philadelphia. He needs to go, let the guy go. He doesn't want to be there. And right. like I said, I don't, I don't know how they expected this to, to turn out any better or any different. Right. And then, I mean, at this, this point, like if you don't, if you don't do something that like, I don't, I don't know how this situation gets, gets better going mm-hmm. forward. Like, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, it's only going to get worse. I think, you know, it's, it's never, right. I, I think the relationship is already it's irreparable. At yeah. This point. I think, right. you know, so you're never, it's never going to get any, any better. So you're, you're better off. I, I mean, finding there's going to be somebody obviously that wants Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is still an all-star level, you know, oh, player, yeah. no you doubt. Know, and, and can, you know, contribute to, you know, a, a great team that's, you know, looking to make the playoffs or make, you know, a run to the NBA championship. So uh, you, you, the phones are open. I mean, you start calling, Whoever you know, anybody that starts calling that's interested, you start listening, and and, and the Search first the, the first best offer that that you get that that you know is because I don't think now it, it the, the trade value just keeps going down and down oh, and yeah, down. It's, it's like, plummeting. All, yeah. all they did was make things look like they need to get rid of them even more now. Right, right. right. I and mean, so, you, you beg a yeah, guy they, to come back. They look more desperate now him. than they did before. Right, so. right. So I think now your your trade value is even worse than what you probably could have gotten four months ago. Right. So. Now you, you you really are in a kind of a, a pick well, or you know whatever. So. And, and with that being said, you know obviously the NBA it's a long season, but you want to get somebody in there to start you know build some chemistry, 
you know, once yeah. he wants Simmons is gone, somebody else to come in and, right. you know, hopefully somebody that's on his level, you know, uh, uh, all-star caliber player to, you know, start building some chemistry with the rest of the team. So you don't want to wait too long to, to get that done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, at this point it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. Open the phones, open the emails, whatever, start, you know, text messages, whatever it takes, because yeah, I don't think that this situation's going to get any better. Irreconcilable differences. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah, I I think they just need to call up golden state and, uh, get Golden State traffic from a couple of years ago that they're actually looking to move. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's it's a perfect it's ideal for both teams. It's, yeah. it's a first round for a first rounder. That's I mean, yeah, he's the guy at Golden State. It hasn't shown All Star potential yet, but right, he's also younger. It could be there in the future, and he he probably fit better in your system anyway. You're right. Absolutely. So I say make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think so. Mm. All right. Well, that's our show for tonight. Um, we're either going to be Tuesday or Thursday next week. We haven't we haven't picked a date yet, but uh, look for it on the website. I'll let Colton get to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we thank thank you for listening to Fired Up with your host Colton Cal. Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. Um, you know, we hope you enjoyed our twenty-seven and eight, Chief Rob Cal. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our episode this week, and um, you know, like Dad said, he, he mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, it's it's a good time in sports right now. We got a lot of lot of sports, a lot, a lot of on. a lot of stuff to talk about, and you know, it's it's hard for us to kind of trim it down to just an hour uh, to talk about. But you know, if there's something we haven't haven't talked about, you can uh, you know you want to hear you know future you know topics or you know episodes going forward. Um, just hit us up um, over on our Instagram. Our, our handle is fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us on Facebook at fired up comma sports podcast. So, you know, hit us up on both of those. You know, you got a question, you want some topics, uh, you know, go ahead and, and reach out to us. We, we love, you know, the fan input and, and are, you know, looking forward to, to your guys kind of, kind of topics or, or questions going forward. So, or you can also, you know, head over to our, our website, which is uh, fired up one.podbean.com. You can find, you know, all of our past episodes or, you know, some links and stuff to, you know, how to, how to download the podcast from Apple podcast, Google podcast, pretty much anywhere where you can find a podcast, you can find our show. So, um, you know, we, we appreciate you listening and, uh, as always stay fired up.